Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, different backgrounds, all doing cool things in their space. So we've talked to CEOs, we talk to athletes, we talk to uh, scientists, we talk to people that are just doing really neat things in their area that our audience can take away tidbits of that and, and hopefully apply it to their lives as well. Um, so I know that we have somebody today that uh, you're really going to enjoy. Just before we jump into that, um, a couple of quick things. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know that um, that we have uh, a connection with Impact Magazine. If you are um, really looking for a valued publication and resource for fitness, health, and nutrition items, it's definitely the thing to take a look at. Um, right now, they're recognizing some of the top fitness trainers around in their uh, current issue. So take a look at that for sure. Um, you can find them on Instagram, but you can also find them at www.impactmagazine.ca. So definitely check that out. Um, and as many of our guests have said over uh, the last little while, there is real value in not only setting intentional goals, but in writing them down and that whole exercise of, of tangibly writing them down. And if you are looking for a whole life planner we have the best one out there that we've uh, got a partnership with now as well um, it's the full focus planner if it's something that uh, that you're interested in just jump over to our instagram page if you go into the bio you'll see a bunch of different click-throughs one of them is the full focus planner definitely do that you will find that it is uh, worth its weight in gold if, if you're able to go through that and and use it for um, the full value that uh, it has um, okay so we're going to jump into our interview today um, really lucky to have kristen kristen banowski uh here today she was um, recruited for the canadian bobsleigh team in 2017 after a successful background in in track and field and um, uh, she had been from what I understand we're going to talk about today building um, some power through CrossFit and, and things like that in between and decided to go to a testing camp in 2017 and then two weeks later she was shuttled off to Calgary um, she's already been to an Olympics um, it's now uh, she's at the uh, the top one of the top break men uh, break men and I'll ask her about that too whether it should be break women now but but it is the technical term is break men in the entire program um, and she has multiple World Cup medals and is uh, consistently in the medal conversation all the time now um, she has a mechanical engineering degree from what I understand and a kinesiology degree so so if you want a well-rounded athlete Kristen is the one to talk to um, so thanks for for taking the time with us today Kristen we really appreciate it Thanks for having me. Uh, so, um, so we talked a little bit there of, of kind of the path to get there. And sometimes this is, is it with a, a bobsled program is that you've, you've often had different kind of backgrounds before you go into that program. Can you walk us through a little bit about what your journey has been like to, to get to where you are now? Yeah, so bobsleigh, I don't know too many people who bobsleigh is their very first sport. Yeah. So usually you find a lot of people who've been training speed power for a lot of their life. So you get a lot of track athletes, football players, lacrosse, rugby, um, even some hockey players and softball. And you are able to use those skills that you've been building throughout your life and transfer it into pushing. Yeah. Um, it's also a difficult sport because you're on the road a lot. So often it's a lot better if you're a little bit older too, because it takes a lot of maturity to be away from family and friends for that period of time. Yeah. For me personally, I did track and field in high school and then going into university. 
um, I started dealing with a lot of injuries and not training very well. And uh, I actually switched to rowing for a couple of years in the university. And then I went back to track. And then when I finally graduated from the university, um, I was pretty far away from my goals, which I'd always wanted to be a member of Team Canada in some way. It was just like being one of the best in your country and being able to represent Canada was always the ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, and I was really far away from those dreams. And I was willing to kind of keep fighting for it. But some people whose opinions really mattered to me at the time, family and friends kind of were like, hey, you've graduated with two degrees. Um, it's maybe you should make goals using them instead and kind of move on and be an adult. <laughs> so I kind of I did that. I did two and a half years of kind of career searching and um, working as an engineer and um, I always felt like something was missing and I couldn't I didn't step foot in a gym for about a year and a half because it just made me I couldn't work out without that intention yeah. and it actually made me sad because I felt like that part of me that was so important to me was really missing and gone and finally um, i had actually taken an internship up in the in Washington State and I had no Wi-Fi where I was staying. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a car, I just had a bike. And there was a CrossFit gym right beside where I was working. And I started going to that gym. And it was brutal at first because I obviously hadn't lifted any weight or done anything, <laughs> but everyone was so kind. And like, it was such a great atmosphere. I was obsessed with it right away. And very quickly I found like, hey, I really need this in my life. And I became more and more obsessed with like working out. And I never became a great CrossFitter by any means. I was below average, I would say. Um, and maybe if I had spent more time, like more years at it, I could have been better. But it really reignited my passion for sports mm -hmm. and kind of made me feel like, hey, maybe this shouldn't be over for me. Yeah. And the kick in the butt I needed my little brother he actually does track and field also he's six years younger than me though so he's still got a lot of career ahead of him he made his first national team so he surpassed me um he got to a level that I had never had and I was gutted by this um I remember being so upset not like happy for him because it was such a great achievement but like so upset that and wondering like why what did I do to not deserve the same level? Like, why did I not work hard enough? Did I not do enough? What made me different from him? And I went back to work. I was working as an engineer in Mississauga at the time. And I started looking up over my lunch break, speed power sports, late entry speed power sports. And there happened to be a bobsleigh Canada testing camp two weeks later. And I hadn't sprinted or anything, but I went to the camp, performed way better than I had expected. And a couple of weeks later, they had asked me to come out and try pushing in Calgary. Wow. I, and you, you mentioned there about how difficult it was. And it actually made you sad to go into a gym for a while after mm -hmm. that kind of transition. That, that must be something. Have you heard that from a lot of other athletes that, you know, it's, it's the transition out is very difficult like that? Like, is that something you, you think happens to a lot of people? I think that that is really common for a lot of different reasons, but especially when you don't leave sport on your own terms, when you feel like someone else, whether it's physically or someone else in your life has made that decision for you. And 
maybe you never, especially if you didn't achieve what you really believed you were capable of, because I, I always kind of knew I was strong and fast and I knew that I wasn't reaching my potential, but I was constantly injured and I chose to do two degrees in school. So I didn't prioritize sport. Um, and I never felt like I reached my potential. So I feel like there's a lot of athletes like that who, when they leave sport, it's kind of with this sad bitterness. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So going to the other end of things, you go from that state to um, in was, a short period of time, like you are jumping right into something that feels like yeah. a whole different level, I would assume. So I went and I did like, I'd been in the ice house only a couple of times, um, which is the <laughs> artificial start out in Calgary. Yeah. And we had the national, like the Olympic year push selection. So the most competitive that it's ever going to be. And I showed up and I was nobody knew who I was. I was very, it was very unexpected that I would do well. And I ended up tying for third at the national team push trials um, with like the most horrible form. I love watching the videos and it's just like <laughs> raw me having a lot of desire and a little bit of natural talent for it. Um, like basically going into it, giving it all that I had, but really having nothing to lose because a lot of people afterwards were like, who is this person? Like usually when you get people who come in and they're really good right off the bat, they're like someone who's been to the Olympics for track, like Felicia George or someone who like, like a Jesse Lumsden, who is an elite uh, football player. Like you have a name to yourself and you're like, who's this girl who like, I don't know, maybe I made it to the C I made it to CIs one year. Like, but I didn't, I never came close to meddling. Like I was a nobody in the sport world. Yeah. And then, so after that, I mean, I see things where like uh, CBC and other places are calling you like the next Heather Moist with, which for those people, I mean, there are lots of people outside of Canada that would listen to this and, um, you know, understand like she is, you know, that really kind of top level person in the sport for a very long period of time. How much pressure is there when you get that early in your career with, um, you know, a, a new sport to you? Yeah, Heather is, a, I was fortunate enough to be a teammate with her during, so after that, like within four months of joining the sport, I was named to the Olympic team, but I went as an alternate and I was actually Heather's alternate for quite a lot of that season. Um, and uh, Heather is one of those freaky athletes. She's, she was an incredible pusher. She's a two-time Olympic medalist or Olympic champion. And it's, those are like big shoes to try and fill, but it's not, I don't really feel pressure to do that. Um, I've actually, um, my push times I've done slightly faster than her best ones yeah. in the ice house, which doesn't mean any, it doesn't mean a whole lot compared to like the entire sport, but it's just like, it's like, that was like a really big thing for me because Heather is such a big name and a great athlete to like be pushing times that are similar to hers is um, a pretty big accomplishment to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 
Um, and you mentioned, you know, you went into CrossFit, loved it, and that was something that also probably helped the power part of what you do. We've actually talked to recently Tia Toomey, who did something very, was doing something very similar in the middle of it right now. Um, and a number of other CrossFitters are starting to do, um, yeah. to venture into bobsleigh, which is, which is interesting. And what, what do you think it is about that sport that seems to be, like now they must actually be recruiting into, uh, into those types of backgrounds now? Yeah, so I would never say, though my teammates like to joke that I was a CrossFitter, I would never say that I was, <laughs> like, CrossFit was not the reason I was was good at, uh, I'm good at bobsleigh. Um, yeah. It was definitely my track background speed, and my right? years of long yeah. jumping. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think CrossFit, uh, it's, a lot of CrossFit athletes will like to work towards bobsleigh because they see it as, an opportunity like if you look at the athletes who do bobsleigh these are these big strong powerful people and a lot of crossfit athletes like that whole community believes in like no limits to your own personal potential which is really infectious yeah. and and so when they say when they see hey these people look like me hey these people lift like me they're like why can't i do that too and and they're right for the most part so for training for, uh, because a lot of people probably aren't aware of kind of all of the, uh, the type of training that you do. What does, mm -hmm. what does a training day look for somebody in, uh, look like for somebody in your sport? Like what, um, what kind of things do you do to be able to excel in, in that type of sport? Um, so bobsleigh athletes kind of train like a cross between a track and field sprinter and an Olympic weightlifter. Mm -hmm. um, we do, we have a lot of track sessions. Um, and then we have a lot of lifting sessions, which involve a lot of cleans and squats and accessory work. Um, and so when you see videos of us doing that online, it'll look a lot like what a CrossFitter might be doing on their heavy lifting days too. The disconnect can be sometimes like we spend a lot of time harnessing, um, all the sprinting capabilities that we have. And that's not always a priority where CrossFit, they, they spend a lot of time building their engine and trying to be great endurance athletes and honestly when i first i remember when i first my first couple of weeks in the sport i went for a jog for like 20 minutes or something because i had just come off crossfit and uh that's what i'd been doing before i did the sport and one of my teammates uh i came back and they're like what were you doing and i told him and he's like you know what sport you're doing right like you're just making yourself worse kind of thing like you it's um people in bobsleigh don't really do endurance yeah, yeah, because it's all um, so, such short runs, like everything is short and powerful, right? Yeah, it's like five, six second effort max. And yeah. uh, so when a CrossFitter is trying to switch over sports, that's going to be the biggest difference is like, you're going to be working on your speed, where a lot of times your big focus might be on your endurance in CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, and uh, so you do a lot of other things. And you I mentioned earlier in the interview about how sometimes the, this sport is good for people who maybe are a little bit, uh, you know, older and, and have mm -hmm. more maturity around, you know, the things because you spend so much time away. Um, how hard is it to kind of do all the things that you do in a, a regular kind of life to, to be able to balance all those things when you're, you're, you're training for something like this. And especially considering it's, it's amateur athletics as well, which probably is that added piece that's, that's more difficult too. Yeah. It's incredibly hard because oftentimes we can end up on the road for five, six months out of the year. So trying to hold down 
a regular job is very difficult. There are very few, you got to find a special employer who's willing to let you be there for only half a year. And then when you're there for only half a year, your schedule has to be very flexible because you are trying to get in this, this high training volume and all this other stuff that goes into being a, a high level athlete. Um, and beyond that, like you make a lot of family and friends sacrifices too. like, for example, I moved out to Calgary pretty much right away after my first year and my whole family pretty much lives out in Ontario. Um, and with the pandemic and everything, I actually haven't seen my family. I spent last spring with them and I haven't been home, um, since June 1st of last year. Yeah. Um, so all of these things you have to take into consideration and, and none of these things are especially unique to bobsleigh, um, except for the fact that we are on the road for so long. And when we are on the road, um, it becomes like a full-time job. Like we can be at the track for sometimes five hours, six hours a day. Plus we have to do a lot of equipment management and um, training outside of that. So even if you're able to do like an online job um, and things like that, it becomes very difficult because your day is taken up by bobsleigh. Yeah, yeah. Now how, um, you mentioned COVID there, how, how has that affected the competition year this year and, and moving into, um, you know, 2021? And how, did, how has that affected things this year for you guys? Yeah, so we, as a team, decided not to do the first half of um, the World Cup season, which mm -hmm. um, the Bobsleigh Federation and Skeleton internationally decided to go ahead and still have a World Cup season, which was really cool. Um, and they were tested multiple times a week and they, from the outside anyway, um, it looked like they did a fairly good job at like keeping everyone healthy and safe. Yeah. Um, the Canadian Federation chose to stay and just train in Whistler and in Calgary uh, for the first half before Christmas. And then on the very last day of sliding, I actually strained my calf. So I didn't end up getting to go and compete this year, which was pretty heartbreaking for me, um, especially because world champs were put back because of COVID. They were supposed to be in North America this year, but yeah. they ended up being back on the same track where my teammate and I won a, a world championship medal last year. Yeah. So going back and trying to repeat that would have been awesome. Um, but because of my calf strain, because of the shortened season, and because of all the different quarantine requirements for COVID, they decided not to send me out there. So I actually didn't get to experience any of the COVID training circuit year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully those things will change in the coming year. And I know that you're kind of doing training stuff now. Um, yeah. Maybe one thing is, is um, especially with your sport, I think would be a, a good example is that there's a lot of focus now on um, where, uh, you know, um, strength and, and power um, for women is, is a much, uh, you know, is, is a good thing. And, and I think that that's actually been um, uh, something that has, has changed over time or this perception has changed over time. Uh, have you seen that, I guess, being, you know, being a, a woman athlete or a female athlete is, is that something that, um, you know, you see much more focus on than there maybe was in the past? Yeah. Um, I look back to like, even, sometimes I laugh about how I was as like a young teenager or whatever and like hating how big my legs were and uh, stuff like that. And like, I think 
well, social media wasn't as big when I was that young, but um, I think if I was in the world where it, like if I was that age now, I think I would feel a lot different about my body because there's, it's almost like being muscular and strong is starting to become like romanticized almost. And like, it's become a goal. Like people want to have big thighs and big, big butts and like strong arms and stuff like that. And people compliment you for things like that. And of course there are still people out there who don't think it's attractive, but I think that, um, as a woman in sport for so long, you become a lot like you appreciate your body a lot more and Mm. the people who might not think that it's an attractive or great thing, their opinions matter to you way less uh, because you're a lot more confident and honestly grateful for the way your body looks because you wouldn't be able to do so many cool things if it didn't look that way or didn't perform this way. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's great that those things are changing and and that there's Mm -hmm. more acceptance to it and in a different way. Um, And and so from, from your end, do you have, um, do you have a a mentor that has, uh, that you've, you've kind of looked up to, or, or is there someone who has been a real inspiration to you uh, to get to where you are now? Um, I have a few athletes that I definitely idolize for different reasons. I wouldn't say I have one mentor in particular. I think at different points in my life, I've kind of like looked up to whether it's different track athletes. I really uh, admire a lot of CrossFit athletes. And even um, I found last year, I watched uh, the Michael Jordan documentary and I became a big Scottie Pippen fan. And, And it might sound weird, Um, but he's a very soft-spoken, incredibly talented person. And I think that, and he always kind of, as a brakeman, um, you kind of, as great of an athlete as you are, you're always kind of going to be the background to the pilot. And I felt like I empathized a lot listening to Scottie Pippen in that documentary, because that's what he was. He was an amazing athlete who was background to Michael Jordan. Yeah. And, but he still like owned himself. He knew his worth. And so, um, he's someone who as an athlete, um, and how he carried himself, I looked up to quite a bit. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And, um, actually that's it. Bobsled, because you you train with a partner, at least in in kind of the the one you're in. Um, there are other groups as well, whether they're um, other countries, but also even other you know country uh, in within your own kind of federation. There yeah. are you know you have competition. Um, I guess how competitive is that? How, uh, how is it? Are you so connected with your team, or is it is uh, is it very kind of supportive across the the broader team and uh, and with other you know other countries? What's the, what's that like? So uh, across other countries, bobsleigh is a very small sport, mm-hmm. like relative to something like track or football or where there's tons of people and everyone kind of knows or knows of everybody and for the most part I don't think there's a lot of animosity and I think there's quite a lot of support amongst other teams um when it comes there's always like there's always competition within your team Mm -hmm. and I've been fortunate the last couple years to be pretty much with Christine so just with one pilot And that's not the norm, especially in the Canadian program. It's more the norm in European programs. Um, But when I started um, that Olympic year, all the brakemen were switched around with all the pilots all the time. And so 
I think that has its pros and cons because as a whole team, everyone may work together, but you have a hard time meshing with your individual group yeah. um, because you never know where you're going to be the next week. And it also creates a little bit more insecurity. Like when you're with the same pilot all the time, you get into a good routine, you know what each other needs to perform well. And um, you just, you can spend more time learning about each other and working well together, where if you're always like getting, have to be prepared to be moved to a different sled, that can, it can cause a lot of stress. So there's, yeah. there's like pros and cons to both sides of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Um, now, so one of the, the things we ask everybody when we, we do an interview is um, to try to get so that the audience takes away a couple of, of action items that they can kind of transfer them for themselves. And I think with, um, especially considering your background is so um, um, diverse from a fitness standpoint and what you have to do has, has variants like we, we talked about you having um, uh, uh, that combination of the, the track and field fitness as well as a kind of lifting and things like that. If there's somebody who's looking at, you know, how do, how do they kind of have a more well-rounded kind of, um, you know, fitness approach, do you have a couple of um, tips that you could give them as to how to do that? Uh, well, when you say well-rounded, the first thing that comes to mind is CrossFit because that's basically like their motto is being well-rounded. Yeah. Um, but in terms, um, in terms of just general fitness advice, what I've been noticing a lot lately when I'm talking to people is a lot of people are trying to get back into fitness and work on things. Yeah. And I've been noticing that it's really common for people to go out really hard and work really hard for a couple of days and then, and then just kill themselves and then not want to pick it up again for like a couple of weeks or something and like really lose motivation. And I've been really trying to encourage the people who are around me to kind of work into it slowly, no matter what it is, if it's a CrossFit style or if it's a traditional gym style that you're trying to do. Um, even though you might, be super motivated to go work out for a couple hours your first day when you can't walk the next day it's not going to happen again until you really feel like you need it um but if you work out in small bouts maybe every other day or something like that to start out i think that it's a lot more sustainable and i think that the sustainability and the consistency is what you're really looking for yeah no, no i think that's great advice the, the sustainability consistency and and longevity too i mean it should build into something that you want to do uh in in some way or form for the, the rest of your time so um if people are looking to to follow follow you and follow um you know what what's happening with you what what are the best ways to do that over the next little while um i i have a website which is uh kristen.banowski.com uh, com, and then also usually Instagram is the best way to um, to follow pretty much any athlete's journey at this point in time. But my handle is K M Benowski. Um, yeah. Great. Well, and we'll make sure just for everyone listening or watching, depending on how you're seeing it, um, we'll put those in the show notes so that people can go right through to them as well. And definitely check out the website. Lots of cool stuff on there too. So, um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely do that. If you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast now, do that. Um, we have uh, great um, people that we talk to every week, just, uh, just like today. So, um, so make sure you do that and you'll be the first to see it every week. Um, the other side would be again, just uh, thank you for taking the time. Kristen we really appreciate it yeah no problem and uh, we will talk to everybody again on big idea big moves mm -hmm.